transgender inmate suing prison for not letting him, her practice Wicca. We'll run that through Ten Commandments in the news, and we'll clean out the voicemail. Some fantastic church signs. Stay with us. It's Table Talk Radio. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, <laughs> wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said, to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. <laughs> and it's so, 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 so deserved to be grunt. I mean, mega crunch. So, uh, if you guys would put mega, mega crunch. crunch on the stone, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word. Passes. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. No pain, no gain. I can't this is Table Talk Radio. Is that true? That's I mean, fast. is is the enduring the pain that? of Table Talk Radio? Oh, I'm sorry. I turned you down. Does that help? <laughs> That's a little bit better. Oh, okay. You, really, you didn't I miss thought, anything. I thought, oh, man, we're going to get disconnected. This will be great. <laughs> we don't have to record today. Uh, you heard my joke of hilarity to start the show, but that's okay. Um, so we're, we're doing a little cleanup here, aren't we? We're, we're getting through all the voicemails of church signs and bumper stickers today, and you have a rather interesting Ten Commandments of the News story. So you could just tune out now. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, that's right. You to, you told me that we had a bunch of people call and leaving. Me, they were leaving messages with us, and I thought, no, I don't believe you. And then you played me just how many something like fifteen messages on the voice. I can't believe it. It's crazy. Yeah, I kind of forgot we had that. I I forgot to ke- check. We our should messages. probably check it more than once every five years or something like that. I do have it on my Trello to to, to check voicemails every eight months. So we'll uh, we'll tackle that today. I think it's Good. funny. I think it's funny. I turned down your volume right when we were doing the show. That's great. <laughs> I looked. It says we're connected on the thing. Yeah. Oh well, I, I just went back to check at Facebook. <laughs> That's what you do anyway. All right, buzzwords. Uh, my buzzword for you is transgender. Ugh. That'll come up here. Here's the weird thing about this: is the transgender putting the T in the LGBT. Which is weird because I never have understood how those things go together. Like the LGB are all about how I was born this way, and the T is all about how I wish I wasn't <laughs> born this way. These fundamentally different arguments, but it all gets lumped into the same. And I was listening to my friend Al Moeller. Remember Al Moeller, my buddy Al Moeller? I, yeah, he sounds familiar. Did I tell you that yeah. I tried to talk the guys over at Issues Etc. to having an Issues Etc. conference where... They invite Al Mohler to speak and then invite me to speak and then don't invite anybody else so I could just hang out with him for the weekend. You're pathetic. <laughs> Man, I, I wanna, there's why so many things to talk to Al Mohler about. Number phone. one, how do you do so much stuff? And number two, how come you're not a Lutheran yet? Oh man, he would be the best of Lutherans. So I would so, I would uh, go to a debate. I would go to a debate between you and Al Mohler. I would get smoked. 
by the that, Al Mold. That's why I would go. Did you think I think? Except no. for I, I get I, destroyed <laughs> in every debate I'm ever in. I don't know why. You know these atheists keep calling me up to be on their. It's horrible. Horrible. Anyhow, terrible. Al Mohler was talking about how there's a scientific study that came out that said that that so they're learning that the gender dysphoria is a contagion. Ah, right, right. So you know, like um, yeah, like eating disorders. You they you they spread, and so same with gender dysphoria. And they and they have identified now what's called rapid onset gender dysphoria, which means there, there's people who show no indication of. This this trouble, and then all of a sudden they come home and tell their parents, "Hey, I I should be I'm a I'm a girl, but I want to be a dude or whatever." Then, so now what's really interesting is that they're that they so that there's social pressure to be a T to be a transgender. But here's the whole irony of the whole thing: is that the problem that the transgender folks uh, will recognize is that gender itself is a social construct. So they're sitting there trying to fight against the social construct. And now it turns out that the, their whole deal is a social contract, construct. Can you imagine that? Mm -hmm. Just the the the, the, the kind of ironies. It's like you, you, the, this whole the whole system is like when I was a kid, I thought that if I pulled hard enough on my on the bottom of my shoes, I could actually lift myself up into the air. Yeah, how'd that go? Well, it, it was that's what the gender that's what the whole sexual revolution is. I mean, it's just. I mean, I, I do anyway. think you mentioned the uh, the T being attached to the LGB, and uh, I do think that was purely political. So that um, that by itself, the T doesn't have a lot of um, political clout. But uh, once once the momentum started going for the LBG, then uh, the T kind of wanted to jump on the the political uh, bandwagon. So that. You, I mean, when you have the Supreme Court of the United States saying um, that uh, marriage is not between a man and a woman, but uh, that marriage could be between a man and a man or a woman and a woman, that's that's a lot of political momentum. And we've we've oftentimes said the prominence of of homosexuality being promoted in sitcoms, TV shows. I mean, every show has to have at least one character to represent. So it, it's become now even uh, a matter of uh, of almost affirmative action that if we don't have uh, the the homosexual character or if we don't mention it, then then we're somehow uh, saying that we're not for it. And so, I mean, the the issue of homosexuality has this huge political momentum, and the T just tried to jump on that, and I I think actually they've been kind of successful. I was thinking this morning about how how all this stuff has gone into the business world. So, like every business has its own. What it's like? It supports these things, like, like the Nike, the big hit thing with the Nike and the give up everything with the Colin Kaepernick and stand for something. And so everything's in it. And I was wondering, and so how all these, how all these stores are all for identifying however you want to identify, as long as you're giving them your money. <laughs> but I was trying to figure out how, how because because here the ch we're not the church is not interested in getting people's money. It shouldn't be interested in that. The church is interested in blessing people, loving people, giving people the word of Jesus, and bringing people to everlasting life through faith in Christ, not in getting money. So we have a we have a different concern with someone. So we look at someone who is tempted with the LGBT whatever, and we say, hey, now this we have we have hard things to say to you because these things matter for your eternal salvation. We can't tolerate this uh, because because we love you. 
And so the church has to say, we can't tolerate these. Where the business has to say, oh, yeah, we tolerate you. As long as you're giving us money, we tolerate it. We're put up with whatever you want. We'll agree with whatever you want. So I was trying to figure out how, because the church looks like the bad guy, and all these businesses and politicians and social justice warriors look like the good guy. And it's trying to figure out how to actually turn on the light so you could see the reality there. And so I thought that the, the LGBT should go to the Starbucks and say, and order a whatever, some sort of what do you get at the uh, at the Starbucks? How about, how about a uh, a latte? Uh, okay, so so Evan, you probably order like a cinnamon extra cream latte, not too hot. <laughs> okay, and they say, why am I say, offended okay, by you <laughs> by that? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're gonna straight black. Got it. I'm just trying to think of the most LGBT drink. I don't know. And so then, so they, so they say, okay, that'll cost you 17 bucks or whatever. And you hand them a dollar, and they say, no, you, this is only a dollar. They say, well, that my dollar identifies as a twenty dollar bill. <laughs> and then, then you will run into the hard reality of the very judgmental corporate America. Who do not like? They'll let you self-identify however you want, as long as your money actually identifies with what it is. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yes. However, I I don't know that um, a lot of. I mean, the the problem is is that we don't necessarily have that choice of free market in the world today because I mean, um, we have non-discrimination laws and stuff. So, uh, I mean, we could step back and say, okay. Uh, the companies that are going to be really mean uh, against particular races or particular religions or particular uh, sexual orientations, those businesses aren't going to make it because they'll, that'll bring such a bad name that we'll just let the market weed those businesses out. But that's not the case. Um, all, um, all the states have some kind of a business ethics commission, and they enforce that a business will not – uh, prejudice customers on the basis of uh, protected classes. So um, I guess my point is I think the businesses are doing it just because they have to. Yeah, I, I mean, that's fine. I, you, this, I went down to see Jack Phillips, you know, the cake maker. Yeah. He's on the other side of town, but we went over there. And, you know, he that's what happened to him, right? The Colorado sure. Civil Rights Commission said, hey, you've got to – so they don't make wedding cakes anymore, and wedding cakes were like 40% or 50% of their business, and now they simply can't make it anymore because of that. Even still thing. today. And so I suppose, yeah, still today. Even after he won the Supreme Court, because it, it keeps being challenged. Like every time, every couple of weeks, someone will come in there and ask him to do some other offensive thing that he can't do, and then sues him for not doing it. So it's just this onslaught that he has to face. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so there, there. I suppose you're right. I mean, you got to play along and play the game, but you realize that the game only goes so far, and and that's what I'm trying to f figure out. I mean, at some point, you're the kind of the 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 delusion, the lie that two that two men can actually be married or whatever, um, that that, that or, or that a man can be a woman, that has to be you. You got to give up the lie. I mean, it, it, at some point, it runs into reality, and I think with the businesses, it runs into the reality of a dollar bill. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So well, would try it. So, so go into. So you should go in and, and ask the, and tell the Starbucks that your that your quarter identifies as a dollar, and see how tolerant they are. Yes. Report that to our uh, toll free number one eight four or no one eight hundred three eight five Sola one eight hundred three eight five seven six five two. 
and let us know how that went. We're going to be getting my buzzword on the other side of the break. And then what, are you kidding me? Take commandments in the news. That was a fast segment. At least I had a good cliffhanger. My buzzword right after this. Stay tuned. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Table Talk Radio will be right back. The Daily Bible Meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. That's me and the bass guitar. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. That's almost as good as a riff as, uh, what's it called? Superstition, my favorite. Yeah, that's right. But you're not. And you're, what's my second favorite? I forgot the second favorite is. Uh, good, oh yeah, good times. Good. No, times. no, 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 no. That, that's copyrighted. You can't sing it. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's what our, our. You know, I always try attorneys. to test on the on the Siri or like you know on Google. You can say what's this song, and I try to sing the song. They never know what it on. is. <laughs> never one. So I do not think that the that the no, the I, thought police are going to pick up on me singing the song. <laughs> I don't know. Our, our attorney said it's well advised for us for you not to be singing. So, really, well, we yeah. have an attorney. <laughs> You're making that up. I, I could please. Any, any excuse uh, I might for you just, not to I sing. might sing the whole rest of this song just because. Uh, it's okay. I got executive. I power. thought that's what made the show is me singing us into the bumps. People are like, "Yeah, we want to hear Pastor Wolfmuller <laughs> sing Superstition." That's it. <laughs> My theological buzzword for you is one we've had before, but it is a goodie. It is uh, concupiscence is the buzzword. And uh, concupiscence is our tendency of our sin to uh, our our inclination to sin. So there's something inbred in us (laughs) that is original sin that uh, uh, pushes us towards sin, that we have a desire to sin or a desire to rebel against God. And this itself is sin. And this this was one of the main differences between the Reformers and the Roman Catholic theologians during the Reformation, because um, the thought was, at least from the Roman Catholic perspective, was that your sins um, had more to do with what your what you you know willfully did. And so, if uh, let's say you were uh, thinking about uh, stealing some cash that was left out there on the table, and uh, and you, oh, I would love to, I mean, no one would see me. I could get away with it. I, I should grab that. And then then you think better. You're going, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. Well, then you have successfully avoided sin. But uh, the reformers said, no, no. Uh, the fact that you had the, the inclination, the desire to steal uh, itself is sin, and that's concupiscence. And so um, ignore my phone going off. Don't worry about that. Uh, so, uh, so concupiscence is our inclination to sin. Now, sometimes uh, when we talk about this, people want to contrast this against the temptation, so that when Jesus, uh, who is sinless, of course, is tempted by the devil, um, is that the same thing as concupiscence? And it's not. So that temptation is coming from the outside, uh, from the devil or perhaps the, uh, perhaps the world, um, and uh, Jesus then resists the temptation of the devil. But concupiscence is on the inside, that, that we would be so fallen into sin that we wouldn't even have the desire to do what is godly. We have the desire to do what is wrong. And so before, I mean, the fact that I even looked at that cash and wanted to take it is already evidence that I'm a sinner. 
Do you know that the Catholics say that Adam and Eve had concupiscence before the fall? Wait, wait, wait. Who said that? The Catholics. The oh. Roman Catholics. Really? I mean, I yeah. remember... Amazing. I, I remember... Um, I may have mentioned this on the air before, but since all of our listeners are new. Um, uh, talking to uh, one of my Roman Catholic priest friends, and we were discussing how our churches approach the topic of homosexuality, and uh, I was saying that we understand even the homosexual attraction as sin. So a person uh, sees that, look, this is my desire. You know, maybe I, I can't even help it, but he can, uh, the Christian can identify that that desire is against the will of God. And the, and the priest couldn't go that far. He'd say, uh, look, as, as long as you're not acting upon those desires, then, then you're doing what you're supposed to as a Christian. And that is the difference, right? So, 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 so the Catholic would have to say, well, there's no sin then being involved uh, in someone who has attraction towards the same sex. And that, that's just an example. Like, it, could be, it could be anything. Um, but we want to well, say, and, and, look, go ahead. It's, I mean, this cuts off the all hope of pastoral care because so someone comes to me and says, boy, I, you know, I thought about harming myself. And if I'm Catholic, all I can say is don't do it. All you have to say is the law. But I, I'm mm. going to sit here and say, hey, Jesus even died for that, for that sinful desire. He yes. forgives you of even wanting to do those things. Well, and, I mean, it's very interesting what you just said that the Catholics say, talk about concupiscence in Adam and Eve, because um, that would seem to um, say that God's creation was not perfect or not was not very good, so that embedded into God's creation would be defects of sin, um, whatever those things may be. But we can say, look, no, Adam and Eve um, were uh, were had true free will in the in the right sense of the word that they had the the will to follow God and of course the will to disobey God. But now in this fallen state, um, we, we, isn't it funny how we're always wanting to defend the the notion of free will? And so I think what people are thinking about free will is that I can get up in the morning and choose the red shirt or the blue shirt or whatever. Um, but that's not what we mean by free will. What do we do with our free will? What, the, the freedom that we have to, to control our own actions, what do we do? Well, we always use that to sin. So exactly how free <laughs> is that will that always sins against God? So, okay, so you have free will. You can break the sixth commandment or you can break the fifth commandment. There's your free will. But either way, you're breaking commandments against God. That's right. So, Ten Commandments Okay, halfway news. through the show, we got to the <laughs> buzzwords, and now we get to the Ten Commandments in the news. I can't wait to read this story. I mean, this is, I don't know, this was sent in by a listener. This is the worst. I mean, I just, it's like, you couldn't make this up. Ready? Ready. Transgender inmate sues to practice witchcraft at notorious all-male North Carolina prison. <laughs> Why not? And it has a picture, and under the picture at the top it says, Inmate Jennifer Jasmine has soon Lanesbra prison, accusing officials of not allowing her to practice her chosen religion, witchcraft. North Carolina Department of Public Safety. Hmm. Does it say How, the, well, the, here, this is, what this, he this is just is in for? This is in the category of, do you, I mean, did we say this already? You just simply can't, you couldn't even invent something this nutty. <laughs> uh, April 25th, 2018, one of North Carolina's most notorious all-male prisons is the focus of a court fight over religious liberty 
led by a transgender witch. Jennifer Ann Jasmine says in her handwritten federal lawsuit that Lanesboro Correctional Institution is blocking the practice of her spiritual beliefs, which happen to be rooted in witchcraft. Jasmine, a former Mecklenburg County Jail inmate, filed her complaint this month. Do you, it, I mean, it's just weird. It's just weird that an all-male prison has a she in it, you know? That's, mm, I mean... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jasmine, a former Mecklenburg County Jail inmate, filed a complaint this month. In 2015, as inmate Dwayne Fox, she sued Maori Correctional Institute in Hookerton on the same ground. So this person used to be Dwayne Fox. But now how do you – so here's just an interesting reporting thing. It says, as inmate Dwayne Fox, she sued. Mm-hmm. So does it – so does the – do you get to be a she even when you used to be a he? Mm. Well, it seems like if you're referring to something that that this person did in the past when he was a he, that you would say he. Oh, I see. So, see so it, it it's retroactively applied. Yeah, I see. Like Dwayne Fox, she was born Dwayne Fox. No, well, back when he was. <laughs> That's the really spokesman funny. for the state prison system contacted by the observer declined to comment on the case. Jasmine, 40, says the chaplain in charge of religious services at Lanesboro have violated her constitutional rights by restricting when, where, and how she can practice Wicca, the modern-day religion based on ancient pagan beliefs. The prison has also refused to provide the foods Wiccans are supposed to eat, her lawsuit says. What foods are they supposed to eat? Yeah, that's a new one on me. I haven't heard that before. Under state policy, individual prisons are required to provide, quote, reasonable religious menu accommodations to inmates practicing religious dietary laws. Not happening, says Jasmine. According to her complaint, she's requested and been denied the strict vegan diet Ah. that adheres to her spiritual practice. She says prison officials told her if she wanted vegan meals, she needed to become a Rastafarian or a Buddhist. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. So, I mean... This whole thing is just crazy. I mean, what's interesting about that, I mean, <laughs> not not to give arguing points to this uh, to this lawsuit or anything like that, but if they have accommodations for vegan meals and they're not giving it to her simply on the basis that uh, they have deemed her religion to not fit the category of receiving those religious meals despite what she says about her religion, that does seem like the the jail could have been a bit more accommodating. Now, if the jail would have said, look, uh, this is what you eat. We don't care what religion you are. Then that could maybe be a different conversation because, um, I mean, the thing about jail is that you lose some of your rights. I mean, you, you're not free to go down to church Sunday morning and uh, attend public worship uh, if you're in jail. So you, you have lost your, your, to some extent at least, the freedom of religion. Um, but they make some accommodations. Now, whether food is accommodation or not is up to that particular state, I suppose. But doesn't it, I mean, well, we have vegan meals, but you have to be a different religion than what you are to have them. The other thing that this this is making us uh, uh, deal with is the spiritual but not religious notion, because it used to be when we would talk about religious accommodations, we could just 
know what religion you are, and they go look it up. All right, these are the tenets of this belief. But now everyone invents religion for themselves. And so how are state institutions supposed to accommodate religions when everyone has their own? There's there's 4.2 billion religions out there because there's 4.2 mm-hmm. billion people. Anyway, well, we have successfully squandered the rest of this segment. We'll be right back. We didn't even get to any of the commandments in this thing. I know. Stay tuned for that. Table Talk Radio, the low-calorie Lutheran radio game show. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're doing Ten Commandments in the news now. Pastor, give us a quick recap of, or just read the headline again of the story that we're discussing here. I want to read this paragraph down here. Transgender inmate sues to practice witchcraft at notorious all-male North Carolina prison. How about this? It says uh, her complaint, and by her they mean his. <laughs> how come he? How come it isn't isn't complaining that? That they are being held in an all-male prison when they're really a lady. <laughs> I wonder how much the other guys mind. Her complaint asked the court to order prison officials to provide her with a list of religious necessities, including the Wicca holy text known as the Book of Shadows, a wand, tarot cards, <laughs> runes, candles, a bell, and a black robe, among many other items. I picture what they bring in for her, for her religious accommodation, is just like a Halloween costume of a witch. Here's your wand. Here's your cone hat. (laughs) Here's your black robe. This whole thing is a disaster. All right. Can we just say that we don't even know how, but I'm sure that every one of the Ten Commandments is being... I was going to ask you, do you think it addresses any of the Ten Commandments? Uh... I wonder how the fourth commandment order, fifth, sixth, four, second and third is a Wicca. Obviously the first, fourth, fifth. I don't know if there's violence here. I don't know if there's murder. That's why I was wondering what the original crime was that he was imprisoned for. Yes, uh, it, it listed it in here. Fourteen years for, I mean, it's six, it looks like sixth commandment something or other. Oh, okay. And that it keeps getting... Um, let's see. It keep, uh Jasmine has been accused of 60 various infractions while in prison, from lock tampering to disobeying orders to various Sixth Commandment stuff. And threatening staff. Ah, there it is. Fifth Commandment. Well, Sixth I, Commandment. Seventh yep, Commandment. Yep. It's there. He's suing the chaplains for a dollar. Hmm. It's goofy. Eighth Commandment. Um, I wonder how. I wonder if it's just breaking the Eighth Commandment if you change your name from Desmond to Jasmine. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm not sure. I want to say that name change is breaking the eighth commandment, but no. But it, I think it could be, depending on why you're changing your name. You know, mm-hmm. ninth There's uh, there's obviously some discontentment here. The courts are involved. Yeah, I think this covers all ten like twice. Yeah, I think this this hits on like each of the commandments two or three times. Uh, you know what? What what this reminds us though of is that the f- matter of our sex is 
intrinsic to society because it's intrinsic to human beings. And so when you, I mean, so the, all aspects of the way that we live deal with a person's sex, a person's gender. I use those words interchangeably. So um, we, we, now that we're, you know, supposed to see this as something fluid or something based upon your uh, self-identity, um, now we see that the institutions of society have to change and amend to accommodate this. So, I mean, something as simple as locker rooms, bathrooms, um, your doctors, prisons. your prison. Yeah, I mean, everything now is just, I mean, uh, so you're you're attacking such a core biological uh, base that uh, it, it's... Uh, it's gonna. It's just gonna completely change how society has to function if it's gonna decide that we're gonna accommodate um, a, a different identity of these things. So, but I think we should get to some bumper stickers and church signs. What yep, do you think? I think that's right. I'm 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 very pleased to, to be talking about something to move on. Different. Okay, all right. Well, here's the first one. Hello, this is Lynn calling from Arkansas, and I don't know if you're still doing the church signs, but I saw two of them today that I thought maybe I'd uh, call in with. Um, one of them was on a Church of Christ building or sign, and it said, it is not God's will for you to fit in. Um, and then uh, just driving another half mile, I saw another one on a uh, non-denominational church, Two and it row. said, help wanted, empty pews. All right. So thank you so much for your show. I really enjoy listening wow. to it. And uh, God bless you. Take care. All right, thanks for that. All right, so let's take the first one on the Church of Christ. It says, it is not God's will for you to fit in. I don't even know where this is going. I th- there's, I'm not sure either. There, So, okay, there's a, it's, since the, what, 60s, it's been cool to be rebellious. Mm-hmm. And the hero is the outsider. And so this, uh, and that's been captured by churches. So to be relevant is to be the edgy guy, you know. And so um, I think that's what, so that you're not supposed to fit in. You're supposed to walk your own path. Is this like not following the ways of the world kind of a thing? I don't know. I'm not sure if the Church of Christ is I hadn't thought about that. That could be. That would be the best construction on it. I I was just thinking it was fitting into this sort of rebellious thing, hey, you do you kind of thing, Mm -hmm. and we'll help you do you over here at this church. We're not judgy, like the Missouri Synod or whatever. Right. Those judges. Um, But you could be right. Hey, you're not supposed to walk in the ways of the world. Uh, I used to have this bumper sticker. I should see if I can find a picture. And it had like the little Christian fish on it going one direction, and it had all these big nasty fish going the other way, and it said, uh, swim against the flow, that kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know, the Christian is not supposed to just go be conformed to the ways of this world. That was the idea. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it could be that. That'd be nice, actually, if that's what it was saying. The The Church of Christ tends to stay on the conservative spectrum on social issues, don't they? I don't know any. I never remember all those things. Church of Christ, Disciples of Christ. I get all those mixed up in my mind. Okay. All right. So we'll have to do a little. Don't worry. I'll look it up on the email. Okay. Church. All right. Well, the other one then I mean, is um, the internet from a non-denominational church. Help wanted empty pews. So kind of yeah. like a business would put a sign for looking for help. Uh, you know, help wanted. 
they put that sign out for filling the pews. Uh, yeah, you I think wonder that, how that's. Um, you think that's the most effective church sign they've run? Yeah, yeah, they're thinking, hey, nobody goes to that church. That's where I want to be. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You got the empty pews. You're not supposed to admit it. That's just marketing 101, buddy. <laughs> yep. It All says right. the Church of Christ was restored on April the 6th, 1830. Huh. How come I don't know about the Church of Christ? I, don't I feel know. bad looking at this. They're millennialists. Um, Man, I should have used, used like their stuff for uh, name that church body. I would have dominated this game if. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All right, moving on. What's next? Here's the next one. Hey, pastors. It's Ken from Nashville. Just drove by a Presbyterian church, and they had a very brief statement. It was. God is a verb. Not what? God is a noun and a verb, but God is a verb. Be interesting to hear you guys comment on that. It would Thank be, wouldn't you it? For your <laughs> labors, they are much appreciated. <laughs> All right, thanks for calling in. Does this count as labor? <laughs> With you, it you is. You do the labor, I do the delivery. <laughs> Uh, Let's see here. God, God is, is a verb. verb. I've been godding about that all day. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know about that. Did you god when you woke up this morning? Uh, I I don't even know. <laughs> I don't. What, what What is that? That's just nonsense. Maybe so. Uh, in fact. How what? Hmm, I wonder how that would be. Like, is that how would you <laughs> using the Lord's name in vain to change His name to a verb? <laughs> how weird is that? It's just like, hey, we want to figure out the like the fewest amount of words that we could use to spout heresy. <laughs> it's like, hey, I got one that's four. God is a verb. Yeah, put that up there. That just doesn't God make sense, verb. though. I mean, at least if at least the heretics made sense, like they made logical sense, right? Um, well, I wonder what you're trying to get at. Like, it's not, you, you know, because if we so, um, it's 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 got to be just pure mysticism, right? Because we were talking earlier about the uh, the difference between uh, theology and 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 religiosity or whatever so you say god is a verb and so now you don't have any dogma it's always move god is always moving and changing and it's this and it's inclinations and movements and direction that's where you find god not in something established not in something nouny but something verby <laughs> you know something our listeners could do before calling us in if, if it's a really confusing church sign to call the church and ask for clarity before reporting it yeah that right. that would be really helpful this is They say, could you god this sign for us please? <laughs> we just didn't We were having trouble godding it ourselves. This is in our effort to do as little show prep as possible. So if you could vet these Yeah, uh, do that for us. <laughs> well, I mean, I would be happy to get that Nazarene church on the line right now. Or is it Presbyterian? That was a, I thought it was a Presbyterian yeah, yeah. church. Presbyterian. I'd love to get that Presbyterian church on the line right now, but I just don't have the number. 
Um, yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. You want to do it bad. You want to you want to god them up and god them all day, but <laughs> yeah. I don't but know. But you just can't god their number because you don't you don't have it. Is there a fire next door or something? This whole thing is a dumpster fire. <laughs> now, th- I think that we need to make this point that the libs, which most of the Presbyterians are going to count as the libs. They're theologically running away from orthodoxy and and the doctrine of the Trinity. Hmm. So especially theological feminism is assaulting this, the the confession of the Trinity. And so we really got to look out for this kind of nonsense. Yep. And we will look for that right after this break. Stay tuned. Table Talk Radio. It's like spinach. We know you don't want to, but it's good for you. Get the Around the Word devotions delivered to you in a free daily email. You can f- sign up for that at whatdoesthismean.org. Click the devotions button. Analyzing church signs that turn nouns into verbs. That's us here on Table Talk Radio. All right, so we're going to do a few more church signs. We're verbing all these nouns. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Hi, this is Nate in Vancouver, Washington. I was walking around the uh, Sisters Outdoor Quilt Show. When I came across this quilt, it said, if the only prayer you say in your whole life is thank you, that would be enough. Now, I'll pause right here so that uh, you can try and guess the theologian to whom this is uh, allegedly uh, uh, stated this. Okay, I'm going to pause it. So do you want to—we're we're playing not only—are we playing quilt theology, but we're also playing name that Which theologian. Which is one of my—that's my favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> An often played game here on Table Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> we could spend days playing quilt theology. But now we're we're calling we're playing name that theologian on yeah. the quilt theology That's the right. super game. That's right, right. This is easy one. It's got to be. It's such. It's kind of nonsensical drivel. It's got to be our friend called Joe Olstein. Nope. Or it could be. You know who it could be? Deepak Chopra. No, no. I'm gonna go with um, with and this is just a guess. I'm gonna go with Saint Francis of Assisi. <laughs> All right, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm see, ready. See who... uh, his name is Meister Eckhart. He apparently oh, lived from 1260 man. to 1328 A.D. Good luck. <laughs> All right, well, I didn't get it. Neither of us did, I guess. Neither did I, I but I guessed wrong mis- twice. <laughs> that means what? I'm I not, lose. At least I'm not as wrong as you are. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, double wrong. Deepak Chopra. Um... The universe was in my answer. So if if the only I, if the only prayer you say, I wonder. You know what? I bet Deepak Chopra said the other day. I bet he said, "God is a verb." <laughs> if the only prayer that you say is "thank you," that is enough. Never mind. Jesus enough. said, "When you Status pray, class. say, Our Father who art in heaven.'" 
Hey, I'm all for saying thank you. It's good. Um, because there's some there's something to giving thanks. I I, I did a, a thing of which is called a YouTube thing about like a dissection of thankfulness, what it takes to give thanks, and all this sort of thing. If people are interested, uh, they're just not like grateful about already, YouTube videos like that. You know, there's I'm there's no gratitude. Did you see how that smooth? The, oh, the difference between gratitude and Thanksgiving. How about that? So gratitude sees the goodness of the thing, but Thanksgiving sees the source of the thing. Casual distinction, but important. So Christian doesn't. The Christian isn't grateful. The Christian is thankful to God for all these things, and we look behind the the gift to the one who gives it. And our the first thing that the Christians do is give thanks. So that Paul says, first I give thanks." That's Romans one. And really, every letter except for First Timothy and Galatians, Paul leads off with thanksgiving. So we wake up in the morning, I thank you, my heavenly Father. It's first words out of our mouth, and so we're always looking back and seeing what God has done and thanking him for it. So I would say that the primary prayer of the Christian is a prayer of thanksgiving, and yet it's not the Lord wants to fill up our prayers with also intercessions and requests, and he commands it. So prayers should be made for all people, that we should intercede for all people, that's what Paul says in First Timothy. So um, the Scripture forbids us from limiting our prayers to thanksgiving and saying that a prayer of thankfulness is sufficient. That's, now, that's probably a little bit maybe more theology than the, than the quilt was perhaps asking <laughs> I for. I don't know. All right, let's go to the next one. Hello, this right. is Al. I'm at the Higher Things Conference here in beautiful Lawrence, Kansas, with a Hey, I was there, sign. too. Would you describe Lawrence, Kansas, as beautiful? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sure I would. Well, Massachusetts Drive, it is, says, Facebook, God has sent you a friend request. It was a pleasure to meet Pastor Wolf Mueller, and I look forward to hearing your response to this. Thank now, you. Now I'm questioning his veracity. His judgment? Yeah. Because not only did he call Lawrence, Kansas beautiful, but he also said it was a pleasure to meet me? This guy is suspect. <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> what did it say? Facebook? God has sent you a Facebook friend request? Yeah, you're, you're more qualified to comment on this one than I am. Well, I'm still waiting for that request, so I'm jealous. <laughs> I wonder how many Facebook friends God has. If Kirk Cameron has however many he has... <laughs> God must have a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's he's there. So, Man, I wish I had as many as Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you there's someone that made a God Facebook page. Oh, I'm sure that's obnoxious. Yeah. So it might um, might be true that God had sent a f- friend request to certain people. <laughs> Maybe you have to be in Lawrence, Kansas. You, go, you know, you know how it's like on Twitter. You, the the famous people they'll they'll have like four million followers, but there's like seven people that they follow, and you got to go see those. So they very carefully <laughs> select the seven people that they follow because they're like recommendations. Um, so whereas you, I mean, you'll follow anybody, right? Uh, yeah. I, if I, I always forget to go onto the Twitter and follow people, yeah. I'm just I always forget about this stuff. Mm-hmm. The other day, I went on the. Fa- I'm trying to go on Facebook once a day, and now I can't even remember to do that. I'm so lazy. This is why I can never get into really bad habits. Is I'm like I'm too lazy even for bad habits. <laughs> All right. So it's like I'm trying to get addicted to Facebook, but it's like, oh, turn on the computer, look at the stuff. All right, Al. Well, thanks anyway. for calling in, even though I'm not sure I 
trust your judgment. Here's the next one. It's a, it is kind of obnoxious to this whole. I mean this this whole idea of like, hey, we so we we want the friendly God. We're we're un, we're just going to get rid of the idea of holiness and sanctity. We want to go for mm-hmm. friendliness, and that's going to put God on Facebook, and that's what this whole thing is tapping into. And the whole that's just it's just a bad idea. Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of goofy that the Pope himself has Twitter. <laughs> that's just a. But you know, once God starts to have a Facebook page, then we've yeah. probably gone a little too far. I mean, it's trying I to just trying to jump on someone else's momentum too, so that uh, so uh, Facebook is trendy. And we want to be trendy, so we'll start talking about God being on Facebook, and then we'll have the trendiness of Facebook, or at least a part of it. Hey, you know what's not trendy for much longer is Facebook. Every, yes. You know what's trending now Finally. is people getting off of Facebook. I wish you this is, people— but No, no, you do I, I was a trendsetter what, uh, 15 years uh, ago. No, no. It's you, you are going to be in such a pickle now, because everyone's going to be like, hey, we've got to get off of Facebook. It's not cool to be on Facebook. And you're going to be like, ah. Uh. <laughs> Because no. as soon as it's trendy to be off of Facebook, you're going to want to get on. No. You'll be like the last guy on Facebook. I, You'll be standing there with every. I, I was not against Facebook just because I wanted to be uh, anti-whatever, anti-groupy, <laughs> anti-trendy. But because I saw the inherent evils of Facebook from the very beginning. And all of you people, every one of you listening to me, fail to its – you succumb to its, uh, to its ploys – your Facebook victims is what you are. <laughs> we are? Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. we got uh, just three minutes left here. Uh, okay. Howdy there, Pastors Wolf Mueller and uh, Geekline. Uh, this is hey. Henry, uh, long-term Good energy, Henry. off-time caller, except for a while. Hey, I found a great church sign for y'all. Uh, I was driving by... Um, this church on my way to work, Baptist Church, and the church sign read, Don't forget to take Jesus back to school with you. Um, now, my first impression of that was, What if Jesus doesn't want to go back to school? <laughs> um, however, I, I suspect, and perhaps this is not the most charitable, that there are uh, underlying theological errors here. Uh, in particular, in particularly, however you say that, a denial of the communitatio idiomatum, namely that Jesus would need to go back to school, <laughs> or is this kind of a you-need-to-witness cliche? I'll leave it up to you guys. Hey, hey, awesome show. Keep it mediocre and hilarious. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a fascinating point that was made here. We just have about a minute and a half to discuss it. So... Um, if we're if we uh, confess that uh, Jesus in his um, exalted state is even to according to his human nature in all places at all times, um, to say that Jesus needs to go with you to school is sort of a denial that he's already at school. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's right. Although we, so I remember people when I was like going to Fiji when I was a kid, and they said, "Hey, God, go with you," and I said, "I, I, I bet he's already there." <laughs> <laughs> But that was because you're obnoxious, not because you're making a theological point. There is a way that the Christian does bear the name of Jesus before the world. So Jesus does go with us according to his word. And that's how Paul was set apart, to bear the name of Jesus to the Gentiles. So I do think that Jesus comes along with his Christians in a unique and special way. 
is it something that we need to do to bring Jesus along? That's probably where it goes off and gets into a bit of moralism. But we, as we confess that the Lord, in fact, does send us out as lambs among wolves, as lights in the darkness, then we recognize that it's not that it's not remember to Jesus to bring Jesus with you, but it's something like remember that Jesus uh, goes with you or that you go with Jesus wherever uh, you go would be the better way to get it. But I like the idea. In fact, I, I like the idea. All right. Call in your church signs or bumper stickers to 1-800-385-SOLA. Just punch that as a speed dial. 1-800-385-7652. We appreciate everyone who called in. And thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio points are verbs. <laughs> thanks for listening to this edition time. of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. (laughs) Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.